Today, we're gonna to be going over a unique split testing method where you can get all the insight you need before you even have a product or listing. How valuable has this been for some? One company we talk about today increased their sales by a million dollars using this method. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And I've got somebody on the line with me today who is kind of very integral to, to the, the kind of things that we teach here at Helium 10 and things that you could do to test. Uh, he's in the e-commerce world, not necessarily an Amazon seller. At least I don't think so. We're going to find that out today. But anyways, Justin, how's it going? Great. Thanks for having me, Bradley. Where are you calling in from? Uh, so I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Culver City. Okay. Uh, were you born and raised in Southern California? Yeah, uh, actually in Irvine. Uh, so I grew up mostly in Orange County, went up to Berkeley, spent some time in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, back in Southern California now. Okay. So like as a high school student, how, how did you envision your career path going? Like, did you have any aspirations? Um, you know, it's kind of, I, I always wanted to be an engineer. And so that's what I went to Berkeley for. Um, I did computer science there and, you know, been in the software world ever since. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it turned out the way that I thought it would. So then that was your major. And then upon getting your degree, did you start working for a company? Did you do a startup yourself or? Yeah. So when I went to college, uh, it was kind of right around the dot-com boom and bust. So, you know, I, I was working at a startup during college, which was exciting and uh, earning options that were eventually not worth anything. But um, once it busted, I went to Hewlett Packard uh, up in the Bay Area in Palo Alto. Uh, so I did a few years there, um, kind of got my big company experience in. And that was kind of a safe spot during the, um, you know, during the bust, but, um, probably about four and a half years into that, my business partner and I, uh, decided to quit our corporate jobs. He was up in Microsoft in Seattle and, uh, you know, we want to, we always want to do a startup together. So we decided to quit. And, um, that was probably 14 years ago that we started working together. And so, yeah, we, we quit to do a software startup and we have been at it ever since. Okay. So what was what you're doing now, what you started 14 years ago, or what was the kind of trajectory there of the kind of things that you started doing together? Yeah, sure. So when we first started, we started a uh, restaurant review and kind of menu aggregator website called Menuism. And that's still up and running today. So it's a, you know, kind of a restaurant directory website. And, um, you know, we didn't have any experience in the space, but it was, it was all about learning. Right. So we, um, we built the site from scratch and we did all the marketing and everything for it. And, um, yeah, it was a great learning experience. We self-funded it and we never took any investment. And that was kind of the, the goal of, of doing this venture together was that we just wanted to get as much experience in, in all aspects of business as we could. And so, um, it was a great experience, still is a great experience. Um, and so we, we kept running menuism, uh, for a really long time. And along the way we built PicFu. Uh, probably back in 2008, actually, um, as as a tool that you know, just a scratch niche that we uh, that we had. So we were working on a redesign, and we're both engineers, so like we didn't have a ton of design sense, and we wanted to get feedback on a redesign. So 
being engineers, we built a solution to get feedback. And um, yeah, that's kind of where PickFu started. We we threw it up to the startup community and, uh, you know, people enjoyed it. And we kind of just left it there because we were still really, really focused on our other business. And um, yeah, so we left it there for about uh, another five or six years as we were focused on menuism. And probably about five years ago, uh, PickFu really started picking up uh, traction on its own as the whole like lean startup movement, like really started taking hold and people were really getting into data validation uh, and talking to your customers and all that kind of stuff. And so it started picking up on its own. And that's when we decided to start pivoting all of our energy over to PickFu. And uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting ride ever since. All right. Now, what's the origin of the name? How did you, how did you come, <laughs> across, how did you come to this name? Kung Fu yeah. along with picking or what? No, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. So we, we figured like dash, you know, foo as a suffix is typically mean like proficiency, really good at something. And so there's like Kung Fu, people had Google Fu or code Fu kind of back in the day, people were talking about that kind of stuff. And so pick Fu is like, Oh, a service that's really good at picking for you. Um, kind of had the sound of like, I'll pick for you also. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it came from. Uh, it's, it's kind of catchy because people get caught off guard when they, they see it and when they sound it out and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pick F U dot com. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, what? What? Okay. <laughs> so, so it, you know, it works. It's catchy. <laughs> now, now the original iteration, like w- what was your target market or, you know, back in those days, it wasn't, you know, it might not have been Shopify or, or Amazon sellers or things like that. Cause those weren't as yep. established as, as they are today. So like, who did you originally develop this software for? Yeah. So it was mainly for other entrepreneurs and startups like ourselves. And so we had initially posted it onto Hacker News, um, uh, which is a forum for startups uh, and entrepreneurs and uh, had some really good feedback. One of our early customers was um, Gabriel Weinberg, who's the founder of DuckDuckGo, which is a privacy oriented search engine um, that's gaining a lot of popularity right now. And so they're still one of our biggest customers. And so we, we have kind of like a a core audience within um, really data-driven startup organizations where they like to test and iterate on kind of all their different decisions and collect data. And so that's where we started. Um, You know, we always wanted to help other entrepreneurs like ourselves. I think the difficult thing with uh, really early stage startups and entrepreneurs is that they're, you know, cost adverse, I guess. Uh, and so they're, you know, not willing to spend, it's kind of hard to reach that customer, customer base. And so, um, actually the first audience that, uh, became really interesting to us was the self-publishing author space. And we had a lot of authors testing their book titles and book covers. Um, if you remember Tim Ferriss's for our work week, uh, he actually talks mm-hmm. about how for our work week, wasn't the book title that he was planning to use. And he had run, uh, some ads, Google ads to test out different titles. And so it was kind of in, um, ingrained in the publishing world. They're like, Oh, you should do some testing on your titles because you may end up something like, you know, with Tim Ferriss's situation where, uh, the title that you think is the, the title that you want is not necessarily with the title that other people like. So, um, pick food became a really popular, uh, option for testing book titles and book covers, kind of anything that you're going to publish live that you can't test live and you can't take it back. So, uh, books really became like an interesting segment for us. Okay. Now, now talk a little bit about this. Cause you know, split, split testing is not something that's a new concept to people, but, mm-hmm. but I think normally, uh, at least in the Amazon 
world, when people are thinking of, of split testing or even like, you know, in the copywriting world, when they're talking about emails or things, yep. it's kind of like they, they do it on the go. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're, we're a, a company who does email marketing. And so we're going to send out the first 2000 of our emails with this subject and then the next 2000 with this, and then we'll, we'll adjust as we go. You know, an Amazon seller might say, Hey, all right, uh, I'm going to test this main image for like five days and check my mm-hmm. impressions, check my sales. And then the next five days do this. So, you know, a lot of people, when they think of, of the traditional split testing, it, it's, it, it's again, it's something you're doing live, like on an active listing or on an active campaign or something. But, but your approach is a little bit different because it's, it's kind of like even before you have the product before you have the listing or without actually, you know, testing it with, with sales and things. So can you, can you explain like the, the pros and, and, and cons of, of either side and why, what are the circumstances where one, you know, doing this might be better than the other and, and vice versa? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, that's an important distinction to, to make that it is, you can test things even beforehand. I think what's nice about our platform is that you can test privately. So maybe you're experimenting with vastly different variations of marketing copy or imagery or even a product design. And that's not something you necessarily want out in the wild, right? When you're live testing on your website or your email copy, um, you know, half the people or a certain percentage of people are going to see both variations and maybe, maybe you're okay with that. But sometimes you just want to experiment and you want to see directionally, like which way should we go? So I think that's, those are situations where this could work, uh, complementarily to live testing, right? So maybe you're experimenting with uh, vastly different directions on PicFu and you see like, okay, like we're going to go with like this very aggressive copy. Um, and then we can fine tune it with the live uh, split testing using your email provider. Um, but to the point that you also made is that it's, what's great is that you can test concepts even before you're, you're starting to develop them. So um, this could be super early stage where you're just testing out like a, uh, even a verbal description of like a solution that you're thinking about. So that could be a startup idea or a product idea. Like, Hey, is this even sound interesting? And then as you're iterating on that, you can be working on 3d renders or uh, product concept images and really see how the, your customer base is reacting to it, right? Like, Oh, do they like it with the handle or without the handle or this backpack with these straps or that straps. Um, and that's even before you've spent any money on manufacturing or, a prototype or anything like that. And that's really invaluable to give you the directional uh, feedback that you need at a really early stage. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used it myself, you know, a variety of times, all the case studies we do here. Some of my use cases are, are, are testing a title or, or testing images, you know, and mm-hmm. something I always tell Amazon sellers is, yeah, you have your own personal preference and you might be an expert in your field or, you know, you think you're an expert yeah, at least, but yeah. But so many times what your preference might be, what you think, regardless of your knowledge in, so, in, a, in a field or a niche or something, it does not necessarily reflect the, your audience as a whole. So it's important to, to kind of test these things on, on a larger sample size. And what you'll find a lot of times is what you thought would have been the best image or mm-hmm. would have been the best title or, or the best keyword or something is not always what, what your target avatar customer might want. So it's so important to do this. And then I think it's kind of cool sometimes is, yeah, you know, I can see the value in, in split testing pricing and, and things that are live, but then by definition, one is going to be worse than the other. Yep. So maybe you spent a week and a half of kind of like tanking your sales or something because yeah. you're using the wrong image. And yeah, now you know which image is great, but 
wouldn't it be better just to test it offline so that you don't have to go through that, you know, process is, is my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely the issue of cannibalizing sales. There's a lot of negative, uh, other potential negative impacts of maybe search algorithms or whatever. There's a lot of confounding factors that, that make the live testing a little bit dangerous. Obviously sales data is, is king, but um, you know, are you willing to take that risk and willing to take that sacrifice to test on, on live um, traffic essentially? Okay. Now one thing that I think, you know, maybe, you know, there's always skeptics out there. People might say, okay, yeah, well, if we're live testing it, these are people who are actually paying for it, you know, mm-hmm. so, so I can trust this data, you know, how, how do I know that there's just not a bunch, you know, hundreds of people that are, you know, in, in one of these companies, like a call center company, like in Bangladesh or the Philippines or, or somewhere else where they're just clicking, oh yes, I like this one yet. No, I don't like this one. Like talk a little bit about why we can trust your customer base, I guess, or, or sure. your, I don't, what's the word? It's not customer base. They're yeah, called, so, uh, I mean, we, we call it a panel. So we call it the pixel panel. panel. And, um, yeah, so we work with a third party to reach our, uh, panel and it's all us respondents. Like we don't take anyone from outside the U S at this point. Uh, they're all people that, that we pay to answer it. So these aren't people that are being blocked to look at content or they're through ads on, on websites or anything like that. They're opting into a uh, response to these, uh, surveys that we send to them. So we pay them to to do it. We have a we have a pretty vigorous uh, rigorous um, vetting system and quality control system. So all of their responses are uh, passed through uh, machine machine learning algorithms, where we're looking at their uh, content and making sure that they're genuinely trying to answer it. Um, we score all of that content. We have an editor who goes through and curates uh, responses and kicks people off, and um, we give bonuses to people who are doing well. So we really try to curate like a, an earnest pool of people that want to respond to these things. And as a customer, when you see the responses and, and you don't think that they're genuinely trying to uh, answer your question, you can always mark it as like not helpful. And that'll feed back into the system as a negative response, uh, negative feedback for that uh, respondent. And what's nice about uh, PickFu compared to doing ads or any other platform is that they're required to give a written explanation of their answer. So not only do they say like, oh, I like option C or option B, but they have to explain why. So they're, they're writing, ex- writing out why. And that's, that's the um, uh, text that we're analyzing as they, uh, as they make these responses. And that's what you can use to, to genuinely see like, oh, are these real people? So if you mm-hmm. look through any of our results, like just reading through that, you'll, you'll notice that these aren't people in other countries. Like these are English speaking people in the U S that, um, you know, know what they're talking about. Is it the same people over and over again, or how big approximately is your panel base? Yeah. So we've got, a th- uh, about 10,000 people in the U S. Um, and we've got demographic information on them. So you can do all kinds of different targeting. Um, so within a poll, like you'll definitely, you'll definitely never have any repeat, uh, respondents. Um, and we allow you to do up to 500 people in a given poll. So within, you know, a poll, if you're, if you're trying to do 500, you'll get no duplicates. Okay. What are some of the, you know, one thing I think that is really valuable, uh, especially depending on what kind of seller we're talking about is, is the ability to kind of segment demographics uh, Mm -hmm. on your website. So like you can even pick, Hey, I only want this question to go out to Amazon prime members or something. So you really know it's, it's a valid or, or maybe if somebody, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but if somebody has brand registry on Amazon, they have access to something called brand analytics and they can actually see what the demographics are of like their brand. So mm-hmm. like maybe their existing products they see are mainly 
women from 35 to 45 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not mistaken on, on pick Fu, I can like go in there and specify, Hey, only show this to Amazon prime members of this age, things like that. Right. Well, what are some of those kind of ways that we could segment your, your panel? Yeah, definitely. You're, you're spot on. So we, we have the basics like gender and age, income, ethnicity. Um, but we also have some behavioral things. So um, do they take nutritional supplements? Do they use beauty products? Um, are they physically active? So a lot of these different um, uh, behavioral segmentations, like you can also target on. So um, we're always adding, adding more of those, like as, as customers come to us and they ask like, Hey, what about this? You know, uh, I think cooking was a, a recent one that we added because there were a lot of sellers that were starting to do uh, kitchen type things. And so we added one, like, do they actively cook throughout the week? And that's really helpful for reaching your target audience. Okay. Now uh, I had a, a question. Now, when I have used you guys every single time, I have used your option of, of the votes and explanations. So basically that means, you know, I'll give out, you know, three, four different things and people yeah. vote on it and they tell me what they do. But I, I notice always, and I always want to say, well, you know, under what use cases might this be, but, but you have an option there for like open-ended feedback. So yeah. what, what's, what's the, what's that about? Yeah. So what we found was that a lot of times uh, people don't have variations that they want to compare and they just want to get open-ended feedback on like a single thing or a single idea. So um, a popular use case now we're seeing with sellers in particular is that they just want to get feedback on their listing, right? It's like, okay, I, I know I need to optimize, like something's not doing well. So let's try this. And what they'll do is they'll put their listing URL and it'll say, Hey, take a look at this listing. Like what feedback, what questions do you still have? What concerns do you still have? And people will take a look at it and they'll just get feedback. Like, Hey, uh, maybe it's like the images aren't really appealing. I I'm still confused. Like, is it edible? Is it washable? Like, and they'll surface like all these questions and concerns that maybe you're just not addressing clearly enough. Maybe you need to add more to like the question section. Maybe you need to update your images. But after reading through 50 to 100 of those responses, you're going to have like this little checklist of like, all right, these are the things I'm going to look at for my listing. From that point, you can maybe generate some image variations or sort of copy variations and do like a normal pick food test where you're comparing those things. But it's a really nice way just to get feedback on things. Um, the way that we also use it, and we've seen sellers use it for their products is, is to get customers or potential customers to describe things in their own words. Um, especially for search, whether it's Google or Amazon, like being able to be discovered through uh, the language of your customers is, is really important. And, you know, when you're the creator of a product or a service, that's how you describe it. It's not necessarily how, how your customers might describe it. So, you know, sometimes people will throw up a product, the product image and say like, Hey, how would you describe this? And that surfaces a lot of interesting, uh, uh, terminology and phrases that could be used in uh, marketing copy or in your descriptions, or um, may even change how you uh, brand the product. Okay. Now let, let's go back to the, you know, the, the other kind again. So I think that the kind of standard thing that everybody thinks about when, when thinking about your service or something similar is, is Hey, my images. And, and mm-hmm. that's very true. You know, the main image is so important, especially, you know, the thumbnail that comes up in the search, because if, if it's not, you know, if, if it doesn't look great, that might be the reason somebody doesn't click on it or your main image is like, Hey, my, is this the best lifestyle image? Like, am I making that emotional connection? Yep. But what other things ha- in your experience, you know, with working with, with thousands of, of sellers, what other things have people or are maybe people not split testing that they should? Uh, so we definitely see people testing, um, descriptions. So titles and mm. descriptions just by themselves. Um, 
Like, how I mean, would that work though? Like, what what would you be asking your 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 panel? Uh, it, it would. It, so, if it's a description, it could just be like, you know, which which description uh, sounds better, right? Like for a, you know, uh, kitchen pot or something like that. And so then you like tell them, like you tell the panel, hey, if you were searching for a a, a silicone spatula, yep. which description makes you want to buy more or something like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then just just put both and. You know, it's it's usually pretty night and day, like which one they gravitate towards, because, you know, either maybe one is worded more clearly, one maybe is sounds more spammy. Right. So sometimes they can see through like some of the techniques that people are doing and like, oh, I clearly like this one because maybe the formatting or the language is just clearer. And so obviously, like when you're doing these tests, like you you want to make some like meaningful differences, like if you're just changing like a couple words, like you know, it's, it's, it's going to be hard. It's, you're you're going to get a really close result, but like, it's really useful when you're testing like kind of big directional changes in like, are you going to try this kind of formatting or this kind of language, maybe this aggressive language, or maybe like, you know, more descriptive language, vice versa. Okay. Everything kind of um, on, on your website is like, I never even had to ask customer support to help me or, or talk to anybody. I just like, it's, it's pretty easy. I was able yeah. to do everything by myself, but I'm sure, you know, you've had people, you have interacted with some of your customers before or people giving you stories about, you know, how, how it works. Is there any, is there any cool story, bro, that, that you could, you can give us like of one of your, one of your users who said, Oh my goodness, you know, I was making $500,000 and I thought I was doing great. And then I used PicFu and, and I changed my image and it increased me to $600,000 or, or, or something like that. Some kind of uh, stories that you could, you can tell us to, to show people the, the value of, of what this could do for you. Yeah, I mean, so we just uh, we published a case study uh, of one of our customers and uh, the company's Thrasio, and you, you're probably aware of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a big company that buys and buys Amazon FBA brands, and um, they're a huge customer of PicFu, and they they talked about this story where they bought this uh, pet deodorizer called Angry Orange, and they wanted to do a rebrand, so they basically made all these design variations of the new packaging and labeling and all this kind of stuff. And they tested it and validated it with PicFu. Uh, they took that winning option from PicFu and they completely rebranded all their, uh, the packaging and everything. And, um, just through that branding validation, they were able to run add like a million dollar a year, uh, run rate to that product line, uh, through the validations that they've had with PicFu. And so they've, you know, ever since then, they've been, huge PicFu fans and they use it uh, you know, when they're testing all of their uh, new products that they're buying. Wow. Million dollars yeah. <laughs> meant for them. Yeah. But guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, immediately, as soon as they put it up, like, you know, sales popped yeah. up and then they had the confidence to like add even more uh, product variations based on that new packaging. Wow. So you, you guys can see the potential now. It's not, uh, Justin here is not guaranteeing that you're going to increase your bottom <laughs> line by a million dollars. You know, you're not, you might not be as big of a company as Thrasio, but but it just shows you the potential and, and how valuable this is. What are your plans to uh, expand in the future? Or, or are you getting more into, uh, do you have more customers who are doing other things like Walmart or, or things like that? Or maybe will you expand to other countries? So maybe somebody selling in, in Amazon Europe may say, hey, let, let me split test for, for the French market or something like that. Yeah, so we definitely have long-term plans to expand uh, outside the US. I think right now we're, we're focused on... Um, just catering to the needs of the sellers uh, that are selling into the U.S. So uh, one of the tests you were asking before, like what other tests that people run? And one of them is uh, competitive tests. And this is also something that you can't really live test. Uh, 
Um, so they'll test like maybe it's their product image versus their competitor's product image. Or maybe the, what they'll do is they'll take um, screenshots of like the search results of theirs and their competitors. Maybe they'll normalize it and like take out the stars or the, you know, Amazon choice labeling, all that kind of stuff. Try to hold some things consistent and say like, hey, based on these titles and images, like which one would you choose and why? Um, and this surfaces a lot of interesting stuff around like why people are clicking on their competitors' images. So we're planning on actually uh, baking that in a little bit more as a, as a specific poll type around maybe a, like a click test for competitive searches, that kind of stuff. So we're really trying to take uh, more feedback from our sellers and um, uh, create tests that uh, help them make decisions uh, um, in their selling process. Okay. Now you guys have so much data that you can analyze and, and sounds like, you know, you do case studies and things like that. What are some overall things that you have seen just with how your customers have used the service and, and how, you know, your guys case studies and things, what are some general tips that, that you've seen works? If we're talking about title, like length or talking about the images or the lifestyle images, mm -hmm. but what are some of the trends, you know, since you have access to a lot more yeah. data than, than a lot of people, well, what is something that you have learned that maybe you can help share with our audience? Yeah. So I guess like on the image side, um, there's definitely, uh, it seems like the, the images that show, um, all the components of, of what you're getting very clearly, uh, obviously do, do really well. So sometimes that includes the packaging and also like laying out all the pieces that you're going to get. I think some people, uh, can tend to mm, over design, I guess how, or over layout how they're uh, including some of that stuff. So maybe you, maybe it's a, uh, a product that has like 50 different pieces and, you know, I've seen some where they, Oh, let's arrange it in this neat, like a uh, floral shape or something, all the different pieces, but then they compare it to one where they just like lay it out side by side, all 50. And like that wins, it doesn't look as visually neat, but like the point is that people can see all the different pieces, right? Or all the shirts, maybe it's like a, a package of five shirts and instead of like overlapping them when then you can't see all the designs, like if you just lay them out like in a grid, um, that works a lot better. So I think clarity, like using all the, all the white space of the image and just showing like as much information as possible, um, definitely is a huge benefit. Some people like seeing the packaging. It kind of depends on the type of product, but People like to see like if you've got nice packaging, like show the packaging because it helps add to the the appeal and maybe makes it feel a, a little bit worth more. Um, the other one, let's see, um, if it's a obviously if it's a difficult product to to grasp, I think you know the product and use having some kind of uh, image of product and use is is really important. Okay, cool. We're gonna get to a part of the show where I always ask the thirty second tip. Sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that in a little bit, but before that, we're going to do something else, a little game we play called the search volume game. All right. And I like doing it with non Amazon sellers, <laughs> but it, it kind of shows also, it's funny because I started this game a few episodes back, but it was almost kind of like to really show people the importance of not relying on your own knowledge. And sure. that kind of like goes along with, with pick like what you think is the most searched things is not always. So how this game works is I'm going to give you three keywords. Okay. All right. That have, uh, that people use to search on Amazon and using helium tense search volume estimator. I have the search for the estimated search volume about how many people search for these monthly. And I'm going to give you three search volumes and you've got to match the keyword with the search volume. Right. Okay. Now, you know, uh, by, by the way, I always kind of throw in curveballs. Uh, there might be a trick in here. There might not be, but 
In other words, you're, you're, you're guessing because sometimes people think, oh, this is too obvious and it's because it's something that nobody would have expected. So you have no idea what to expect. And since your company is PickFu, I use, <laughs> I use three keywords here that start with pick. All right. So don't have Helium 10 open if you have it or not in Amazon or anything. So here's the three keywords. All right. They are pickleball. Okay. Pickle ginger and pickle Rick. All right. Uh, a couple of these, I'm not even sure what they are. Yeah, all right. These are just stuff I found <laughs> in Maggie. All right. So now one of these keywords has the lowest one has about only 250 monthly searches. Mm-hmm. The middle one has about 6,000. And the one that is searched the most has over 13,000 monthly searches. Okay. So again, 250, 6,000, 13,000. And the three words are pickleball, pickle ginger, and pickle Rick. Okay. So which one is which? Uh, let's see. So I don't know what pickle Rick is, so I'm going to say that's the lowest one. Uh, I would, I don't know what that is either. I'm a matter of fact, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. I think I know what it is now. All right, go ahead. Continue. And then I'm going to guess, uh, pickle ginger is the middle and pickleball on top. All right. So you got as almost everybody does one, right. All right. (laughs) So far, I like out of 10 times we've done this game, only one person has gotten all three. So pickleball is the number one search one. 13, right. over 13,000, but pickle Rick actually is number two is 6,000 and pickle ginger is the lower one. But I, I'm looking at pickle Rick on Amazon and it looks like it's a, like a, like a, a character from Rick and Morty or, or something uh, like that is, is what I'm thinking. Got it. I, I'm still not sure, but that, that, that's just the vibe I get. But anyways, had, if, I known if, that, had I known that I would have swapped it. <laughs> had we run a PickFu uh, panel and say, which one is, w- would you search for more? We, we might have known this even without Helium 10. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back to serious things now. What is your t- or TST 30 second tip for, for sellers out there or anybody in e-commerce? This could be about, um, you know, about split testing. It could be about being a software engineer. It could be about frat parties at Cal Berkeley. I mean, whatever you want, that's of value in 30 seconds or less for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I think what I always advise uh, sellers or any entrepreneur is that you do have to test and you do need to validate your ideas at an early stage. And even for us as uh, as a software company, we're constantly talking to our customers and gathering data. And so whether you're doing that directly through conversations that you have with your customers or, you know, polling through PickFu or something like that, I think it's super important to constant, constantly be talking to your customers. And, and we do that all the time. So I'll, I'll set up calls with any customer that wants to, to chat. We, um, we still personally man the live chats and there's just so much valuable data that you can gather from asking them about how they use their product, how they discovered your product and what they would like to see improved. All right. That's awesome. Now, normally I, at this point, I would ask the guests, you know, like how we contact you, but actually we already have a, a website that, that we, we, we direct people to. Is, is it all right to give that, that one yeah, out? Sure, the one that Manny gives. Okay. So uh, guys out there, if you know, you know, Helium 10 never does, we're not like affiliates, you know, we, we have partnerships and we don't really do affiliate programs with, with people. This is like the only one that I know of that we are actually affiliates of because we like it so much. So yeah. guys go to pickfoo.com forward slash Helium 10. And on that page, you'll be able to use a discount. I believe it's like 50% off your, your first one, but guys, give it a try. If you're selling on Amazon, if you're selling on Shopify, if you're writing a book, like I never even thought about that, you know, like the split testing, the title of your book, give it a try guys, get 50% off. Are there any other ways that, that people can, you know, find you guys on the internet or reach out to you for more questions? Yeah. I mean, you can hit any of our uh, social accounts, PickFu 
on Twitter, PickFoodPolls on uh, Instagram, or you can email me, Justin at PickFood.com. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show and, and maybe we'll have you back next year and we'll see if any of those things that you said you might be working on are, are in place so we can let our uh, listeners know. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Bradley. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.